Hello and welcome to Access Chat. I'm delighted that we're joined today by Maria Ferraro, who is the CFO of Siemens Energy and also the leader for diversity. So it's great to have you with us today. Antonio and I constantly talk about our backstory with our former employer. So it's <laughs> really nice to, to, to have people that are part of our history with us today and, and, and talk about the future rather than the past. Also need to say that Deborah's unfortunately not with us because she's uh, we're doing this off schedule and so she's she's busy elsewhere. But uh, thank you and and welcome, Maria. You're a Canadian living in in Germany. Yes. How did that happen? Well, first of all, thank you, Neil and Antonio, for having me. I know, uh, as you said, Neil, it's off schedule, so we're going to bring the energy. Um, um, uh, to the conversation. And uh, yes, I am a Canadian, born and raised um, and uh, of Italian descent. So I always had a multicultural view, if you'd like, in my household, um, was brought up with a very strong uh, Italian culture. But um, of course, anyone and Neil, we just talked about how you're, you liked, you loved your visit to Canada uh, before, uh, let's say, where travel was constrained. I mean, Canada is rich in culture. And I grew up with a multitude of, uh, you know, people from all over the world. And uh, that's all I knew. Um, so yes, um, my time in Canada and Canada still is in my heart home. Um, I've been, uh, before taking a pit stop, let's say, where I was in the UK for three years, um, I've now been living here in Germany with my family. Um, and what brought me here was, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a boring tale, right? You know, a lot of great career opportunities that was afforded uh, to me with my, um, with Siemens AG. Um, and then, of course, since May of last year, I had the absolute privilege and honor to come over to Siemens Energy. Um, to be the chief financial officer. This is an independent spun-off part of, of Siemens yeah. AG. And what I took with me, because I was um, the chief diversity officer um, at that time of Siemens AG, and now um, I absolutely am thrilled to be the chief inclusion diversity officer of Siemens Energy. Um, and again, I think, Neil, why it's so important to me is maybe my upbringing, you know, and also part of that, um, let's say, sensitivity to the multicultural environment that I'm so used to. And yeah, so uh, that's how it happened. Uh, yeah, I'm here for work and I'm loving it. Great. And um, so I think Antonio's next up with a question. No, 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 now in Germany, you know, and... Uh, and and before in UK and Canada, but you're working in technology. So yes. what brought you here? Yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, technology as such, I'm, I mean, yes, I'm working in technology and this was of course an integral part of um, a technology and innovation. I think it's important, you, know, you always talk about both and it's exactly what Neil was mentioning earlier. It's about looking forward. I'm fascinated and, you know, this is what, you know, our, 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 let's say, purpose was in Siemens again. And I've taken that here even um, with the purpose of Siemens Energy is, you know, we're solving the world's problems. We're taking, your, we're ensuring that technology is there um, that's helping us along the way because we all know this is a massive enabler, right? Um, and that's why I think it's it was always important to me to, to be part of um, these types of organizations. And hence why I've been with Siemens and the Siemens family 
I, I can't believe it already uh, 16 years. So it's, it's to me really, really important. And Antonio, you and I met a few years back. And I remember at the time why I also think it's so important is it's absolutely imperative that we continue to focus on diversity and inclusion in science and technology, engineering and maths, you know, STEM. Uh, it's so important. It's something that um, comes from my heart as a mother of a daughter, um, you know, to ensure that we continue to, uh, I don't know, encourage. And, and, and I hope one day it's not even about encouragement anymore. It's just that anyone who has the skill and the will can go into, you know, technology um, and, and, and engineering or into STEM uh, subjects and STEM uh, areas. And I think this is why uh, it's so important for us to have more role modeling and more women in science and technology. This is something I'm also personally passionate about. So it was a great tie-in, if you'd like, solving, you know, the world's problems, using technology and innovation, making sure that we have an inclusive and diverse um influence not only internally in the organization but also externally this is what you know drives me personally excellent so a lot of your diversity initiatives you talked about inclusion but when we define inclusion you know for me for us in general we we, we define inclusion as having disability as part of that um why is it so important for organizations of scale like siemens energy to recognize and, and, and support full inclusion uh, as opposed to sort of segregated diversity initiatives? Yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's a really good point because I, if you noticed, I stress the fact that I'm C-I-D-O now so that that mm -hmm. I needs to be so firmly embedded um, when it comes to, you know, looking at diversity initiatives, um, you know, uh, an excellent colleague of Sarah and I's always says diversity is a fact, inclusion is a choice. Um, and I think this this goes to it. Or someone once said to me, it's, um, you know, whether you, you're, you're invited to the party, but whether you're asked to actually dance. And I think this is, you know, some of the differences why, um, yeah, it, it's not just about diversity, it is about inclusion. It is about creating an environment where everyone feels valued, respected, appreciated, and welcome. And this is where one of the main tenets of what we're doing with inclusion and diversity at Siemens Energy is this concept of, you know, this feeling of belonging. And that's, uh, I, and that's why to me, um, it's, it's more, it's, it's really about the fact that diversity is a fact, inclusion is a choice, and how do we ensure that everybody feels like they have a place in our organization, because only then, um, you know, the real value of having the different perspectives, you know, we just talked about technology, that innovation power, if everybody is from the same school, does the same background, you know, how are we really looking at um, ensuring that we have technology that addresses all the needs? Um, this, to me, it goes hand in hand. So okay. hence why uh, it really is about, you know, ensuring inclusion is part of the agenda, not just diversity. Great. Uh and let's face it, in organizations of the size of Siemens Energy or the size yeah. of Atos, where your presence spans across the globe, correct? you are diverse already by default because you've got people from all kinds of different uh, countries and backgrounds and races and ethnicities and religions and all of this. It's that then it's that conscious effort to, to be inclusive because because you've already got the diversity piece covered just through scale. 
No, absolutely. You're so right. I mean, we're 90,000 strong in Siemens Energy, 90,000 people globally, and we operate in, in over 90 countries. So you're you're so right. And um, what a shame it would be if we were unable to tap into that power of that diversity um, by not insure, you know, or by ensuring rather, let's keep it positive by ensuring there's an inclusive environment. So you're right. Absolutely. And I think more, uh, I mean, large companies have to see this as and we certainly see this as an advantage of ours um, that that we do have that diversity already embedded in our global network of employees. So, so um, on, on on top of that, I mean, obviously you you do a lot of stuff in the field as well. So, um, how, how what are some of the the challenges that that you're facing around disability, trying to be inclusive? in a non-office environment because you you know it's easy for me to say oh yeah we can be inclusive we can throw technology at stuff mm -hmm. right um but you're doing you know big engineering projects mm -hmm. um so so the challenges that you face around inclusion are, are, are different from say uh you know a a uh, sort of well, how do we define a traditional tech company, if you like, you know, the, the ones where people are home based or home office based or, you know, are, are really sort of just doing programming. So 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 what are the sort of things that you could think of that that that, that are both a, a help and some of the challenges there? Yeah, no, it's a really good point. I mean, those 90,000 people globally are in a mixture of environments, right? So they're in office environments, they're in manufacturing environments. Don't forget, we're also on project sites and so on. So that complexity for sure, Neil, um, is embedded in, in our organization. But, you know, just taking it a step back, you know, how do we ensure that we're tapping, not only tapping into the power of that, all of those individuals around the world, like I said, but ensuring that they're able to, uh, from a, a disability perspective, are able to work as effectively as we would and they would expect to at a, at a company like ours. And I think maybe just to take a step back, you know, we, we cannot, I really, you know, we cannot talk about diversity or inclusion without including or, you know, focusing on disability yeah, and or ability. And at Siemens Energy, maybe to frame it, um, and, and Sarah was talking about this earlier when it was just the four of us, you know, we're looking at four main networks within the company, gender, LGBTQIA+, ethnicity, and disability. And the reason why we've created these networks, Neil, is exactly for the reason that you're saying. We have a very complex environment within our company. And who better to tell us what needs uh, they have or what challenges and or opportunities that we have than our employees. So now we've uh, set these net networks in place and those individuals are you know, from all over the company in the different environments that we talked about so that we can learn firsthand um, on what we're doing well on things. you know, and, and I think with a company the size and scale of ours, that's also important to know what are we doing well so we can replicate that and, you know, and uh, have these best practices shared. But more important or just as important is, you know, understanding where um, we still have work to do. And we do. We still have work to do here. Um, and I think um, ensuring that um, 
we're leveling the playing field so that everybody has an equal opportunity um, in, in terms of disability, I think it is key. Even um, looking at health and safety, right? And in ensuring that that's present on the project sites for people of all abilities, um, ensuring that you can access, uh, uh, you know, our buildings, access our, our sites. Um, you know, I have, I have a, a personal wish here because, uh, you know, personally I have been impacted, um, you know, in my family with somebody who has a disability um, and in terms of this is accessibility. So, um, and, and, you know, and it, it changes how you look at things, you know, you see it through a lens and that's why these networks are so important because they're the lens that we need to see how to address um, um, the, the areas um, that they see are concerned within our company. Um, and uh, I have to say, um, my personal issues with uh, my close family member who, like I said, has late onset adult muscular dystrophy. Um, and uh, I mean, and it just changes, like I said, it changes your lens. Um, and it, you take, we take things for granted. So we have to keep these communication lines open and we must ensure that we're, we're sharing um, uh, experiences because what we also said is, it's, you know, if what we see as a fix for something may not be a fix. Um, so um, I think we, we need to walk the talk. We need to be having these dialogues with our networks. We're making them a part of the solutions that we're, we're embedding. Um, and I think this is a bit of a different, you know, not radical, but a very different approach. And I'm really proud about it, about what we're doing here. We often um, observe diversity and inclusion initiatives from different organizations. Uh, and, and sometimes we see them being them being being very centered. You know, someone is doing something at the head office. Mm -hmm. And then employees who are in other countries, they feel, oh, mm -hmm. it's, it will be so wonderful if they were doing that here. Mm -hmm. uh, how can you make sure that we reach everyone and we don't create that feeling of disappointment from someone that is in a country that is not as privileged as Germany or Canada? Yeah, Antonio, fantastic um, question. And again, back to Neil's point, for a company like ours, operating in greater than 90 countries, I mean, you're absolutely right. If you stratify um, even the you know technological maturity of these countries, you're going to have differences. You're so right. Um, and, and, and that's why it's also important and in, in, this is what we did with the group around me, um, maybe to take a step back. So what we did here at Siemens Energy is we um, took in place an uh, um, IND council. And Antonio, why we did that is because I didn't want, even if I'm a Canadian living in Germany, I did not want that we are sitting here in Munich or in Berlin or wherever we are and saying, this is how we see the solutions to the, to the IND area, or not even the solutions, even the program essentials. I said, no, and, and with the team, we wanted to ensure that we had representation, that global representation. What does that mean? Different countries, um, at different areas, um, different disciplines. And so therefore we made this global IND council. And, um, and I can tell you, it truly is global. And then um, what we wanted to ensure is that's kind of replicated into those countries um, in, in, let's say, the first 20 countries or however many countries that we're, we're looking at, that they also have an IND council there. And why did we do that? Essentially to ensure that we're not going down that path. And it is a trap. And 
And let's also be honest, Antonio, some of those programs are fantastic programs. The intentions are great, right? But it's just doing it from one perspective and not necessarily taking um, taking um, the essential necessities of the program from that country. And I always use Canada versus Germany as an example. In Germany, we do have different issues, even from a gender equality perspective. And maybe in Canada, I don't necessarily need a program on ethnicity, for example, where I remember in my, you know, when I started my career there many years ago, um, you know, I had over 30, imagine in a team of of, uh, 90, I had over 30 different cultures and backgrounds in my ethnicities in my team. So maybe we don't need to focus there. And that's why we wanted to ensure we had this council in place. So you had this bottom up communication as well as ensuring that let's say the frame of what we want IND to stand for, like I said earlier, you know, the sense of belonging, equality, opportunity, um, that that kind of creates the frame for the entirety of the program. Um, So that's the way we're trying to address it, Antonio, to ensure that we have um, the voices from the various countries that we're able to, let's say, fine tune and, and or customize for those individual needs. And more importantly, and this is what I did not want um, us to do, there has been tremendous work and progress in all of the various countries. You know, when we were part of Siemens AG, of course, we had really great things going on already. At the pace, perhaps, maybe not as fast as we wanted, but certainly addressing the individual needs of of, of those countries and networks. And I did not want to say, okay, everybody stop. That would be the wrong thing to do. So that's why we want to you know, create a framework, make sure that the councils are in place and that we have this uh, dialogue upwards and downwards, and then coupling that with those networks that we're forming in those four areas that I mentioned earlier, um, that's truly trying to get a comprehensive understanding of what needs to be done for IND within our company. Great, thank you. So um, building on top of that, I, I, I mean, you've already talked about uh, your motivation and why you're an ally. Yes. Uh, and, and, and that's really important, by the way. And, and, and thank you for that, because it often goes unspoken. Yeah. And one of the things that we're always trying to encourage is people to have these open conversations about why it's important and why it's personal. Right. Because for the most part, it is. And by the time you you take the 1.3 billion people in the world and you attach friends and family members, it, it, it's open, it's, it pretty quickly everybody's issue. Um, but, but and, and you've just talked also about the bottom-up approach of the networks, which is also really important because you're, you're keeping it real. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there is, you know, something to be said about executive engagement and executive allyship, and it's great that you just talked about it. How can we really make sure that it is on the board agenda and that that, per- that, that engagement at board level really percolates down through organisations? Because mm-hmm. quite often it is talked about by the boards, but people don't see it. And one of the things that, that came out in the research done by by Valuable 500 was that that out of the... Uh, CEOs in the FTSE, by the way, there are no CEOs in the FTSE 100 that have a disability or or are out about having a disability. Um, And of the CEOs that responded to their survey, those that said they had a disability, only 40% of those actually were open about their disability uh, with their colleagues. So so how can we, we 
change the culture mm-hmm. where leadership can send a signal mm-hmm. to the rest of the organization that this is not something shameful that that you know disability is part of the fa- thread in the fabric of society and life mm-hmm. and that it's something that we value because your experience of solving the problems that come through impairment also give you the perspectives that you need as a uh, company to innovate so how how can you as a change leader in your organization how could your peers in other organizations mm-hmm. change uh, or facilitate that change because you're doing it by by speaking now but but what else do you need to do no i i mean neil it's um it's absolutely about the not only tone from the top I don't like that. I don't like when people say it needs to be toned from the top. No, it needs to be more. It needs to be we walk the talk. Um, and I think, you know, I, I've indicated how we're trying to do that in terms of our engagement with the networks. And um, one thing that became clear is is two things. One is, I think, from a, even a leadership perspective, um, you know, we have a lot of great things ongoing. We have a lot of leaders who are allies. We have people that are, are fantastic allies all over the company. Um, and then we also had the, the the question of how can I do more? How can we do more? And what was great was we decided that allyship is the way we would like to take this to the next level. And, and this is something that I, you know, even though, and I say this all the time, even though I'm the CIDO of this company, I can tell you that I had 100% support from, you know, all the way from my board colleagues to the next level of leadership. And what we wanted to do, because you're so right, Neil. And I, you know, if I'm honest with myself, like I said, uh, you know, the the person who has that disability is extremely close in my small family. Um, You know, if if that didn't happen to me, would I have been as sensitive? Would it have been as personal? Um, Because, you know, it's it's at least for for our family, it was completely disruptive. It was completely heart wrenching what happened. Um, and how quick things change from one day to the next. Yeah. So this also was part of the allyship, uh, you know, campaign, if you'd like, or how we wanted to launch that in our company, which was let's talk to our employees. Let's talk to our employees that have how allyship has played a, a, a real important part in their lives and how it has impacted them and our place of work. And and I have to say. It, it was a, an, an amazing idea of the amazing uh, individuals um, and team to do this. And it was quite a, an interesting concept, right? Because it, it was really going down all over. So, Neil, to your point, all over the world, you know, looking at our employees and saying, hey, how did allyship um, change? Uh, you know, whether it was in any area, by the way, LGBTQIA plus or was it um, ethnicity, disability? And um, we explored that. And. It was incredible. Um, and I, I've never seen within, um, at least in my experience, and I'm not saying that uh, because it is our company, I'm really being uh, honest here. I've never seen such an outpouring of, of emotion, of uh, uh, then support, um, you know, from one of our employees in Brazil having Down syndrome and having, you know, their ally there with them to kind of take them along the way or for someone um, coming out as transgender and how that impacted them and the ally um, that that supported um, them through their process to, 
to someone who lost, um, you know, the ability, their legs at the age of 18. And how did that, you know, how did their allies say, Hey, you know, let's, let's work through this together um, and kind of fight, you know, the discrimination, if any, and these stories were shared so raw, so honestly um, with the group. And, and, and I think um, had the impact that even I was overwhelmed with how great it went um, in the sense that the, the the acknowledgement of what being an ally is, the acknowledgement that anybody can be an ally um, and the acknowledgement that, you know, at the end of the day, we as human beings, you know, forget that you're an employee of a certain company. We as human beings have to support each other and have to be there for one another. Um, and I think this um this uh, allyship uh, has our full support. Our board is behind it. Um, and we see this in Sarah uh, Hashish, who's there, who's part of this. She always, I always tell her, this is going to be a movement. And I feel like it's a movement here because it's so personal and it's so right um, in, in being anybody. All of our 90,000 employees can be an ally. And why not? So, no, with, with all that energy, um, uh, it's it's very interesting to to, to observe how, how it went, but uh, it's also interesting. To, uh, I'm, I'm very curious to, to see your take and see how can you know, Siemens Energy, you know, as partners, customers, employees, uh, how do you see that energy going outside the organization? It could be about you know uh, how can that reflect in the way how Siemens Energy creates products. Mm-hmm. And how Siemens Energy might influence their own procurement and su- and suppliers. Mm-hmm. How, how do you see that movement evolving? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Antonio, you're you're um, also bringing up an amazing point because the influence um, is not only within the four walls of our offices or our facilities and so on. How can we use that influence? And and we are absolutely looking into that. But I would say, Antonio, this is more let's say at the beginning of the journey, right? Um, And of course, ensuring that our products are being, you know, are able to be used by anyone and so on. This has always been part of of our our, um, design, if you'd like. But this uh, this ability to, or not this ability, I don't want to misuse the word, this, um, let's say, purpose to ensure that we're including that focus also on our ability to influence our supply chain and also going forward into our offerings into the customer, um, into our customers is is something that we need to continue to, to drive and and I think um, to be to be frank I know on the supply chain we're already doing that in terms of even you know ESG and responsibility and so on um, but you know we can certainly continue to drive that um, I, I see that as as the next step but again you know this allyship and the fact that this is the way we're going to approach this um, um, in Siemens Energy means, like I said, that it, it goes beyond our walls. Some of the stories, by the way, that the employees showed, you know, who their allies were, had nothing to do with an employee of Siemens Energy. Um, but I think it's important to say that you know the, the it intermingles into one's life, right? Because it's not something that goes away or changes after you leave the office um, or production facilities grounds. Um, so I, I think it's absolutely something that has an external component to it as well. Right. I think, I, 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 think it, I think it's you no, know, it, it's particularly important that employees are able to share those stories. Yes, because I think the fact that you, you are able to arrive at work, and that's you. Yes, so you don't bring that weight. Oh, I, I need to hide. Yes, 
mm-hmm. my own, uh, part of myself. I think that that's very, very, very important. I think it makes people more productive, more open at work. I think it's it's a, I think it's it's a key element that organizations need to pursue and need to make happen uh, internally. Absolutely, Antonio. And and I have to say the 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 re- the reaction that I'm talking about is exactly that. The ability for people and all everyone who participated, but also those that have now kind of joined the movement, if you'd like, um, are in awe. I mean it, really in awe of um, our employees that are um, sharing their stories. And I think it creates a tone. Now here I'm using the tone, but it creates um, this um, acceptance within the organization to say, so what? I mean, let's go. Let's work together. Let's do what we have to do. Um, and and I know that one of my colleagues said that about you know Canada versus you know how does Canada fully accepts individuals right? It's not just tolerating. And this is what we're trying to say through this allyship. It's like absolutely, you have a place with us. You belong, and, and that feeling of belonging I think is a huge uh, part of of what we're trying to achieve with the allyship uh, component of IND at Siemens Energy. Great. Uh, and and we started what we call the Access Chat community because we are community builders. We wish to bring people together. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and we've used social networks to have an inside-out approach. I think coming back to one of the things you said about ESG, because it's part of the world that I live in too, um, and, and the fact that you're Siemens Energy and we're looking at things like decarbonisation, we've we're actually, um, I, I, a while back, latched onto the idea that, that inaccessibility is actually an externality in the same way that pollution is. So we're treating exclusion like pollution. Yeah. And we've actually built our, our accessibility programs within our organization now along the same kind of structures so that you can treat the, the externalities, so that you can also do the internal external you can do the scope one two and three for your supply chain for inclusion and diversity and all of these things too so, but, but and, and the reason we we did this was because it was already a concept the business understood mm-hmm. and people also understand the the idea that pollution is bad and that if exclusion is like pollution then maybe we shouldn't be doing it maybe we should be including people embracing people Right. So it's it's not about tolerance, as you say, it is about embracing the community. So I mean, great that that's happening. And, and, and the allyship is super important because that's that's an area where we also found value. We actually have an allies network, which is like a network of networks for people that support each other. So I think that that's mm-hmm. absolutely, uh, you know, creating that culture where people are able to reach out to each other, get that mutuality of support. And and, and it is really affirmative and, and changes how you do business, how people perceive your organization as well. So great to hear that you're doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and just, uh, you know, because I think maybe I didn't explain, I talked a lot about belonging. You know, there's three, let's say, foundational pillars that we talk, mm-hmm. we talk about when we talk about uh, inclusion, diversity, and Siemens Energy. One is belonging. So it's that sense, the... The, the culture, the, you know, you with the skill and the will, anybody and everybody should be here and should be respected and should be heard, et cetera. Um, you know, equality, I think that goes without saying, and the society and partnerships, Neil. And I think this is where um, 
you're absolutely right. You know, it's this external lens as well, you know, and how do we impact the communities in which we are present? Um, you know, in over 90 countries, we're in a lot of communities. You yeah. know, how do we work with um, those those partnerships externally, which we have formed over years, and how do we continue to work with them um, to ensure that we have, let's say, um, all uh, resources available that we learn as well. And, and I think that humbleness in our program is also what I was trying to, to, to work on because we, we, we should be learning from, you know, others. And that's why what you're doing here in this chat is so great um, that you're able to amplify some of the things that are, are happening and being able to discuss this um, in this forum is, is, is fabulous. So thanks for that. No, thank you. And, and we, learn something new every week so um when we when we started there was not much in the way of learning material so how do you learn well you have conversations with people so it's been great having a conversation with you today uh we really look forward to having the q a on, on on twitter that's going to be great fun i'm <laughs> i'm sure you'll be fab i need to thank the people that help us keep the lights on um no pun intended um well, maybe. Um, so Barclays Access, MyClearText and, and Microlink for supporting us and keeping us going over these seven years. So thank you very much, Maria. It's been a real pleasure having you on Access Chat. Thank you very much. Take care. Stay healthy, everyone. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Antonio.